This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're continuing on with our concern series that we do every year between the end of the preseason and the beginning of the regular season, the perfect time to talk about What's not going to work for this 2022 Ravens uh, team? Or what are we most concerned about that the Ravens really still need to address? Got a great one for you tonight. Uh, salary cap concerns. And here to discuss that with me is Dan Reese, my partner from uh, By the Numbers. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing good. I can't wait for the season to start. Uh, yeah, counting down the days. Only only less than a week now until the game starts. So it's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Uh, I think folks probably have heard by now, and we're, we're recording this after a very exciting Gunnar Henderson debut at Camden Yards, where he had two doubles, turned a game-ending double play uh, on the 2nd of September, uh, right around midnight here, just uh, in the on Friday evening. But uh, Dan, uh, Ronnie Stanley, either yesterday, I think it was, uh, was restructured, which created some cap room. Is that problem solved? Yeah, uh, unfortunately not. Um, it, it's it's solved for now. Um, you know, the, the Ravens, along with a lot of other teams, uh, were riding really close to um, to the cap, you know, sort of the cap threshold during uh, the 90 man roster time. And, and when you move from the 90 man to the final cut, the rules for how you calculate cap uh, calculate uh, the liability against the cap changes. So before the cut, you only have to reflect the top 51 uh, players. But then once the regular season starts, you have to uh, reflect your 53-man roster. So you've got two more people to, to uh, reflect. Plus, you've got to reflect um, anyone that you moved to IR, to PUP, to NFI, uh, and also anyone you signed to practice squad. So those are a, a number of additional liabilities that uh, that we added uh, that we need to kind of create more room for. Okay, so NFI is one you mentioned. Now, the Ravens don't have an NFI player because David Ajabo, through some sort of a technical means, was ineligible for it. But an NFI player, it, is he still someone you have to consider in the rules? I thought that NFI players, he didn't have to pay. Uh, you might be right. Um, and I'm just thinking about how it's laid out on, you know, on, on over the cap. And I think they have him as NFI, but he's really not, he's IR. So, um, so in this case, he's just another IR player, but, uh, but still, um, you know, still another player that you have to count against yeah. the cap. Yep. So, all right. So, uh, you know, one thing that, that always happens on Twitter is any big name over 30 wide receiver, but also a lot of other players who are older and pass rushers and fit, would fit the Ravens' need in some significant way. Like they certainly could use a Sam linebacker who became available at this point. It's a tremendous need for the team. Uh, if there was a guy out there that was four or five million dollars, can the Ravens possibly fit him in? Um, it's not likely. No, def- especially for a one year contract, um, that would hit the cap, you know, right now, <clears throat> depending on where you're looking, um, uh, I would say the cap is, uh, the cap remaining for the Ravens is around, um, the way I have it calculated, it's at, it's at 7.4 million, which sounds like a, a decent amount, but we'll kind of walk through, well, how much of that you, you still need to keep. Um, over the cap has it at 6.8 million, and I'm not sure exactly what the difference for the 600,000 mm-hmm. is. There's something behind the scenes, and it's really difficult right now because there's so many moving parts. So, um, but right now it's around seven, six to seven million in, in cap. A uh, couple things that, that still need to be reflected are the Kenyon Drake signing. So mm-hmm. his, his salary hasn't been released yet, uh, to my knowledge, and my guess is it's. Well, it obviously is at least the uh, the veteran minimum, which is a hunt, which when adjusted uh, drops down to a cap hit of eight hundred ninety five thousand. Um, you know, he could be higher than that. I don't know what they sign him for, um, but you know, for now, let's just call it a million. So that drops it, you know, from six from say seven million down to six million. 
Mm -hmm. The other two things that we have to keep in mind are there's in-season costs that, that you still have to keep money for. Um, so you've got uh, practice squad elevations, which is when you move someone from the practice squad and call them up into uh, the game day uh, roster. Uh, mm -hmm. When that happens, you have to pay them one seventeenth of what their minimum salary would be. Okay, so let's let's talk about that a little bit because I think yep. there's an offset, and the Ravens are playing it so close here. You know, you really want to scrimp for every dollar. So if if you have a rookie or a first year player who's on the practice squad, you bring him up, you're paying him seven oh five. You divide that by seventeen weeks, seventeen not eighteen, right? It's seventeen. Yep. Okay, seventeen seventeen eight. Okay, so divide by seventeen, you're at forty one thousand approximately have to pay for this. I think we just did this in our mm -hmm. production meetings. I know this, but then they don't earn for that week what they would have otherwise earned on the practice squad, which is about 11,500. That I, I think that's, I'm not positive, but I think that's probably a reasonable guess. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's a, so the difference between those two is about 30,000 for, for, many but not all of your practice squad call-ups now the ravens have some veteran guys they would cost them a little more right right yep like means or some of the defensive backs uh if they called them up uh, which could definitely happen in the beginning of the season you know you could see a number of them as we're waiting for people to come back from ir so mm -hmm. um you know so 30 uh, thirty to fifty thousand dollars or so per call up is is a is the cost. So, you know that's it's not nothing, uh, and it adds up. So, you know I, I think a, a an estimate I've seen of it for a for a year's worth of elevations is about a million dollars. Mm -hmm. So again, that's another million dollars that you took off the seven million. So we've got from seven million minus one for Drake minus one for practice squad elevations. And then the other piece that we've got to account for and keep money for is in-season injury replacements. So injuries are going to happen. People are going to move to IAR, and you're going to have to uh, replace them. Um, Brian McFarlane, who's you know the go-to guy for uh, for all things Ravens caps uh, cap related, uh, estimated uh, in-season injury replacements to be about five million dollars. Mm -hmm. um, that can vary a lot, I would guess. Hundred percent. You know, uh, last year I think we, I think it listed we had eighteen people on on IR. Mm -hmm. uh, the years before we had eleven, ten, and eight. Uh, and for each one, it also depends on when they moved to IR, right? So uh, when you when you if you move now, you've got to pay a guy uh, the replacement a full year, versus mm -hmm. if it happens near the end of the year, see, near the end of the season. You only have to pay the proration of the salary remaining. So, um, so it all depends on on who, how many, the timing, and um, you know who you're replacing them with. And maybe there's even another factor here that goes into this that you you since you have IRs designated to return, that's a pool of players not designated to return. You have IRs who you then can designate to return. Um, you have a pool of players you can bring back that you have already paid for. Right. With, and that's in your 6.8, 7.4, whatever that initial number is, you're, you, you've, you've already included the cost of those players. But if you bring one of them back to replace a player, say you picked up in week three and you, you are able to dump that player after week six, say, you only end up paying for four weeks of that replacement player, 
not that replacement is the wrong kind of word that that uh, minimum salary veteran right. player you sign yep. Yep. substitute yep. and then and but you but because you picked him up after week two you're entitled to cut him on a prorated uh, basis unless you have a different agreement with that player correct yeah you don't have to pay termination pay um so um so you'd only have to account for or you'd only have to pay and account for on the cap uh the the weeks that you that 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 the substitute player was on there so if it's ir designated to return those are not as painful to uh to the cap um as full season irs which makes sense so mm-hmm. um you know so you know assuming a number of five million dollars again you know can fluctuate can be above or below obviously depending what goes on but uh you know right now we're all we can do is estimate and guess is um you know if we use that five million dollars along with the the prior two sets of one million dollars that's the seven million dollars that we had right now so that accounts for all the cap we have left um you know just to account for the Kenyon Drake signing and two things we uh, we can predict with fair certainty will happen. You know, we're mm-hmm. going to have injuries to some degree. We're going to have practice squad elevations to some degree. So both of those are, are very likely to happen, um, you know, and, and be significant costs. I, and, and I agree, they'll be significant and they are variable. I'm wondering if Brian's estimate might be a little bit conservative because I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge it a little bit and say that you're really talking about five full player shares of injuries to get vet min replacements, which I think is a reasonable assumption. You 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 some of them could be rookies, but maybe some of them you have to give a little bit more money even to to get them to come here. But you, you're really talking about five full season players, and the Ravens not only do they have some players already stashed away. Uh, on IR, ready to come back, and hopefully a Jabo and Bowser off PUP, and Marcus Peters if he starts the season on IR, or Ronnie Stanley is going to get back on the field at some point. You know, th- there'll be players who come back mm-hmm. to replace guys that we bring in because people are hurt. Uh, I, you know, the hope would be that you didn't use up five full season shares; that you use, you know, two point seven or three. Uh, but certainly, you know, we hope we don't have a season like last year again. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I think it, it likely is probably on the more conservative side. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I, I think it's hard because all it takes is, uh, you know, a, a terrible year like last year and it can completely throw the average out of whack. <laughs> right. So, you know, yeah. you can have four years of two million dollars and, and you know, one year of 10 and then, you know, you're completely changing it. So. Um, so I, regardless of whether it's five or three, it, it still brings the, um, the, the, it still is an amount that the Ravens will have to keep, um, in their, in their wallet or whatever, you know, available mm-hmm. because, uh, as we'll talk about, they really don't have that many other options to create more cap. And that's the real concern is, uh, you know, a lot of teams are riding it close to the cap right now, but the issue with the Ravens that's really a concern is that they don't have very many levers to pull left um, that can create more cap. So, okay. 
Go ahead. You, you, you've, you've described this to me in the past and, and you do it, by the way, if you look at Dan's work when he, when he does it on this site, I don't know where else you, you've published the, the graphs that show the salary broken down into four components for each player. You really get a great visual representation of what restructuring dollars might be available there. Now, the first thing is the easiest dollars to restructure are ones you can just say, here's a check for all of this year's pay instead of your salary as a prorated bonus, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So that's the that's the big thing. And just like you said, just to kind of talk quickly about restructures. And that's, you know, what they did with um uh, Ronnie. With Ronnie Stanley. Thank you. Just blanking there. Um and you know what what that is is basically you you've got your 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 um your, your salary, the pay that they're getting for the year, the base salary. And the difference between their base salary and the minimum, that's the amount that you can restructure. So say they're making $10 million in base salary and the vet minimum is around $1 million. So that's $9 million that you can then turn from base salary into a, a bonus. Um, mm-hmm. that you, And these bonuses you're allowed to prorate over the remainder of, of the contract up to five years. So depending how many years the player has left on the contract, they can spread that that $9 million that you just restructured into a bonus over the remainder of that, that contract. Okay, so oftentimes I've heard that referred to as a simple restructure. And and I see you nodding your head, great, that's yep. good. And, and then uh, does the player have the right to refuse that typically? Can the player say, no, I don't really want my money now, I want you to pay me on this, you know, just pay me weekly throughout the year. You know, I've I've heard of players that have the that have done that. Uh, I believe Tyreek Hill did it a year or two ago hmm. with the Chiefs, and just said, you know, this is what my salary is. I want it this way. But most players don't or do not push against it. And mm-hmm. I would even go as far as to say, more often than not, it's something automatic in the contract. I right. don't know whether the Ravens have it automatic or not. Um, but I haven't heard anyone push back or, or not do this for the Ravens. Uh, and you kind of think about it like if you're working and you're getting paid biweekly, right? And your boss yeah. said, instead of paying you biweekly, I'm just going to give you a lump sum of the remainder of your year's pay right now. It's like, sure, of course I'll take it, you know? So, I mean, I, and I would think the same thing and, and there'd be no reason not to, but if Tyree kill is legitimately saying, I don't want that money. Um, they're, they're sleeping with the enemy. I mean, he's basically doing it because he wants to hold that over the team Correct. in terms of leverage of some sort and, and getting a new contract. It's no wonder they traded him. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it, no wonder the, if you did that. The, the, it is just a power play by the player. Mm-hmm. Any player that would say no, it's a power play because they want to be in control of when this contract is renegotiated and, and, and kind of control that window. So, right. um, you know, I, there are very few players I've heard that have done that. So, um, and, and I haven't heard anything with the Ravens. So I, I would think it'd be the most automatic thing to have yep. as language in a basic contract at this point. I, I, I would bet the Ravens don't even allow contracts to be written up that way where the player has a choice. I wouldn't see why you would ever <laughs> allow it otherwise. Uh, agreed. So generally, so that's the simple thing. You know, the, that's the, the simple restructure. The more complicated restructure or a full restructure, as it's sometimes called, is uh, adding adding years to the contract 
um, in order to spread it over the full five years. So you add kind of fake years or void years at the end of the contract in order to kind of extend the proration five years, allowing you to push out more of the money. Um, the Ravens generally don't do that. They don't like to use void years. Um, and when you do that also, you you need to have a new contract. So um, it's like that that sort of move likely isn't automatically in the contract and you would need a new contract with the player to include those additional years. So that's much more complicated than the simple restructure. So, um, you know, so really the, the, the possible moves for the Ravens are, are really kind of, um, simple restructures. And the other one is extensions, you know, so kind of a, basically, signing a new contract and extending them like we are you know all are all hopeful lamar will do so um so let's just talk through what the restructures available restructures there are right now uh, and there really aren't too many um the top one is kevin zeitler uh, and that would only create 2.4 million dollars um in uh, in cap space so you know that's a pretty a, a relatively low amount you know, with Stanley, they created, I think, $6 million or so. Um, so Zeitler's 2.4. And after that, Mark Andrews is 2 million. And Gus Edwards is 1 million. And Chuck Clark is just under 1 million. And then it is drops way down below after that to Michael Pierce for 200,000. So, wow. Yeah. Oh. So there are so four the players with reasonable amounts, really. And the total of those is about how much? Well, the total of of all players is uh, under seven million. So wow. if they restructured everyone all the way down to their minimum salary, um, they using simple restructures, it would be around seven million dollars of cap room to cr be created. Okay. So that's the maximum maximum additional cap the Ravens can create is seven million dollars using simple restructures, and that is a extremely low number of additional cap room that that you can create it sounds extremely tight and you've done a good job explaining you know the, the the lack of levers there now this does not play in the ravens favor in terms of leverage in terms of uh extensions so you know two extensions i could think of that the ravens would be really excited to get that might actually uh create some cap dollars obviously it's not that much in zeitler's case but they would really probably like to extend him to make sure he plays his third season instead of retiring. Now, maybe that's in the cards, maybe it's not, but I, I certainly hope he, you know, the Ravens maintain an incentive for him to play that third season. Um, and it may be adding an extra season is the way to do it. Yeah, he's he's an option uh, to extend. Currently, his, his base salary this year is $6 million, So. Mm -hmm. You could drop that down to you know a veteran of one million and convert some of it to a signing bonus. So you could probably create maybe you know three million dollars of it or so, depending um, you know depending on the length of it and, and everything. So okay, and that's taking it from a simple restructure, which would be the two million or whatever you mentioned before, yep. to a extension for perhaps two additional years in type of the contract or a year, whatever it might be. Right. Uh, be I mean honestly. If Zeitler would love to play the rest of his career in Baltimore, I don't think the Ravens would be anything but thrilled about that. Um, so right. uh, it, it, I, maybe that maybe he's a real target for that, but still not a, not chart topping dollars there in terms of uh, 
of what you can get out of it. Right. So one of the things I'm gathering from this is there wasn't another big number available other than Stanley's, whether or not the Ravens really were excited about um, uh, pushing that money out at this point. It's a, it's a can kicking. So I guess it was, it was fungible dollars, no matter how you look at it. Right. So, you know, there really wasn't a significant move that they could make. Like you said, you know, he made it restructuring. It made, I think, $6 million or so of, of additional cap space. And the other thing to think about is that his salary was already guaranteed. Uh, Mm -hmm. The base salary was already guaranteed for, for 2022. So you're actually not putting any more money. You're not, guaranteeing any more money you're just kind of changing when you pay it so mm-hmm. part of the risk of, of restructuring is you're taking the the base salary that you know that they that isn't fully guaranteed and paying it now so in effect guaranteeing it because you've already paid it uh you know so that's that that is some you know uh, additional risk is you're kind of fully guaranteeing that money but but when you do that for a player like Stanley, and there's no practical way to cut him earlier than uh, probably end of twenty three or something, right? Based on, yep. on on the thing, you you uh, while you are pushing dollars to the future, and you're maybe making the pain greater later, it's obviously you're just stealing two thousand twenty three or four dollars. But it's whatever the year you would have been able to cut him, you're going to have to, and, and the years up to then that you're that you're really stealing from. Yeah, because they're going to have to pay the twenty three dollars anyway in some combination of twenty three and twenty two. Is my point mm-hmm. right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah, they're just they're just really pro- pushing it back and and kind of and it's something that they're they have to do in order to create that 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 flexibility for this year. So you know, it's not ideal. They they would have loved to, to not do it. I'm sure. Uh, they they generally don't kind of. Some teams restructure like crazy and just create an additional, um, you know, additional cap room and and like the idea of kind of spending uh, tomorrow's dollar, you know, spending tomorrow's dollars today or whatever, because mm-hmm. it, it'll be uh, you, you gain some kind of arbitrage or whatever the right terminology Theory is. Theory of but, interest yeah, comes yeah. into play. So, yes. <laughs> um, but, but I don't think the Ravens generally do that. They restructure when needed and, and kind of, leave it at that so uh so they did it with stanley because they had to really they they needed that room and he was the the player that uh that could do it um so besides these restructures there's the only really other moves are the extensions that you that you kind of talked a little bit about and we've got kevin zeitler which could do about again two or three million dollars and the other two bigger names are uh, lamar jackson and marcus peters uh, both of those are are complicated extensions, to say the least. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. Obviously, this has been going on for years, a couple a couple years now, and uh, I don't think we're any. You know, per, maybe we're a little bit closer uh, to getting it ex- extended, but I don't. You know, now that the season started, we may have reached his kind of uh, you know cutoff point to, with the discussions. So, I wouldn't be surprised if that's not one that they really look or are able to do. Um, and, and I think we can dive into that more in a second. I just want to just talk quickly about Peters um, is that I think they really want to see the health of Peters before extending him. You know, they've made some, um, some extensions on players that were injured and, you know, or, you know, 
may not have seen you know the full extent of their injury when they extended them like Nick Boyle and and, and um you know I don't think Stanley was injured when he was extended but Dennis um, Pitta way right. back when yeah but, so I think they they're really kind of wanting to see his recovery before they kind of commit any more dollars to him which I think is totally reasonable but um you know that's even assuming that they want to extend him so I I, I would think they do but I don't know so in the case of Peters last year, they resisted um, a simple restructure on him for a while. Did they, did they resist for the entire year to the eventually had to do it at some point during the season? Uh, let me look real quick. He was a big number and he was the last big number for a while. And I think they did everybody else before they did Peters. Maybe you can tell from prorated money That's or by I'm, looking yeah. at Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure he's 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 going to get this as as we go. So, uh, a uh, if if Peters, one of the reasons not to try and do this was they didn't want to take the pain, but they I think they were pretty much out of other elements of pain they could take last year, right? And had to use every dollar. Did, did you find? Yep, yep. They they were able to reduce it. Uh, they didn't reduce it all the way, which is possibly because. My guess is because it was paid. So you can only mm-hmm. restructure what hasn't been paid, right? So the longer you wait to restructure, um, you can only um, play, you can only restructure the remainder of the, the, the salary. So um, they restructured, it looks like, um, $7 million because there's an additional bonus of $3.5 million both last year and this year. So that would make sense. So Okay. So he so, might have been a third of the way through the season or something. He yep. still had seven million left to be paid on the on this contract. Yeah. All and right. Well, million dollar question: Does the Russell Wilson contract? How does it move the needle for Lamar? In in your opinion? Um, unfortunately, I don't think it does. Uh, I think it solidifies the argument for the Ravens to you know to view. Um, Deshaun Watson's contract is kind of an, the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not sure Lamar has to care about that. You know, he if he wants a fully guaranteed contract, he can say he wants one. Like uh, Russell Wilson and him, they have enough differences between the two of t- the two of them, age being the, the most obvious. But um, that I don't that I think he could easily say, you know that contract doesn't apply to me. He's an older player. It's totally different. Apples, apples and oranges. So uh, I, I, I think that if he wants a fully guaranteed, I don't think that, and we don't know, we don't know what he wants, right? What, what's holding him up or, you know, what, what the issue is. But if, if that is the issue, um, I'm not sure that changes the negotiations much. Okay. So, one of the things, and we I had kind of this discussion on another pod with with uh, Matt Verderam yesterday, and and he he made the point that Wilson's deal doesn't really kick in until the end of his current deal, so that extension he got is really has to go through two years of discounting, which is really what you're expecting the cap to grow by over a two year period, because Russell Wilson yep. is accepting uh, you know substantially less present value cap dollars to begin yeah. two years from now. And Jackson would be getting that money starting in 2022, we assume, depending on how it's structured, structured. It could be they leave the 22 unchanged or they you know, reduce the 22 
they probably now they have to they want to reduce the twenty two because they need cap room now, right? Right. So so it would be a five year deal that would only defer his free agency by two years, frankly, from from getting a uh, you know a a, a, a twice tagged. Uh, future here, you'd only have a two-year deferral on on free agency, and that's not nothing. He'll be you know thirty instead of twenty-eight, but I would think it means that he he's probably not looking for fifty-three million dollars a year at this point. He's probably looking to beat the Kyler. Well, I don't know what Lamar's looking for. I don't I don't want to speak to that. Right. But but I, I, I in terms of of where his advice should come, it seems to me like. Uh, a little bit more guaranteed money than what was the greater of Wilson and Murray is appropriate and a little bit more average annual salary than what Deshaun Watson got is also appropriate. Yep. I would agree with both of those points. Um, I'm just, uh, it's hard because we're, we're not able to see either side of the negotiations. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the Ravens are offering and I don't know what Lamar wants or, or where he's kind of drawing the line in the sand or if he even is to, for that matter. Um, but yes, it, it would seem like there would be a, a reasonable common ground or in, in the middle ground based off of the recent contracts. Um, I'm just not sure that that's going to happen. So I, I'm not sure that that, that a, a a compromise is in, in the cards. I'm not sure that it is. So, uh, but I, to your point, I will agree that I do not think contracts do a very good job of recognizing present value. Um, mm-hmm. So that that could be a a discussion for another day. But they like to look at the average, you know, average per year, regardless of what years you're looking at. So um, I, I don't think they they would do a very good job of recognizing the fact that Russell Wilson isn't getting paid f- that amount for, for two, years. two extra years. So that yeah. reduces it by 20% or so, you know, assuming a 10% increase in cap every year. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it does a very good, they do a very good job of reflecting that. So, um, but, you know, so assuming you can't get anything done with Lamar and assuming you aren't sure whether you want to get anything done with Peters that really makes it tight. And, uh, and, you know, then we're back down to that $7 million of restructure. So, you know, that kind of all of that to answer your question on whether they can sign those free agents, you know, those star wide receivers, those edge players, the middle of the year, you know, OBJ signings or things like that. You know, I'm not sure that the Ravens have the ability to make a splash uh, in free agent market now or in the middle of the season um, unless they are able to get one of those extensions done. And maybe that is the uh, the impetus to get it done in the middle of the season that, uh, you know, we're right on the edge of a of playoff push and all we need is one more guy. And, you know, the front office can see that. Lamar can see that. and you know, let's get something done and mid-year we'll, we'll, we'll compromise because we want to make a push for the playoffs in the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. that's that's the only way I see a big a big free agent signing. So 
the the I guess we have seen in the past few years that there have been some deals like that that have been lubricated with um, draft capital. So you if you can get the team that's ditching a star player who's willing to trade a star player at the trade deadline to take on the the rest of the year's salary on a simple restructure. Mm-hmm. You get a vet min player effectively in exchange for possibly a young player or possibly a, a you know draft capital in exchange where you might be able to make a splash play that way. But I basically agree with you. I don't I don't see any way in hell they can bring in a guy who makes anything more than the vet min. Does that leave open the possibility, though, to still get maybe a pass rusher with a highly leveraged contract? Uh, that's performance-based inc- with perform- performance-based incentives because those get pushed into next year anyway, right? Uh, as long as they're not likely to be earned. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, that's definitely possible. Uh, you know, the players out there now, um, and even not just pass rusher, maybe Will Fuller or some, someone like mm-hmm. that. That's definitely someone that you could uh, maybe get now for a low cost with a, a lot of incentives. So, uh, you know, that, that may be something they do. and. You know, I, I do want to say that, you know, we talked about the seven million dollars in the cap remaining now that that's kind of accounted for cost, and then we've mm-hmm. got seven million dollars that you could make with all of the restructures. So I could see them making a couple of those restructures and getting three or four more million dollars above the kind of accounted for uh, uh, costs. It's just that that's not a ton of space in case of a lot of injuries, right? We, we assumed 5 million. So it's not dire. It's not, you know, I don't know how we're going to, it's not last year, right? <laughs> Where they mm-hmm. didn't have any money. They literally couldn't hi- get anybody other than vet mins. They had to get defensive backs that were the like bottom of the barrel. Like Door that's dash. all yeah. we had, you know, that's all we could do. It's not that bad yet, but you know, if there were the number of injuries, the, it, there isn't the money again, just like last year, to to kind of get above kind of bare minimum players. Okay, and and one way that where the Ravens can actually not even get a bare minimum player is to do what they did last year, which was, you know, it just makes you shake your head that they actually played with less than fifty three on the roster at times. Uh, big 50, I think it was as low as 51 in some weeks, or at least a week, uh, where they had they have roster elevations, of course. They only need to activate 48, so you can presumably activate 48 of 51. But by the time you get any time during the season, you get some walking wounded who are guys that really should sit anyway. And even with your two elevations, you're really stretching it in terms of, of uh, you know, being able to, to field 53. I know the Ravens don't want to go through that again yet. Is that a source of some minimal value? Because it seems like every week that you can eliminate one roster spot, you effectively save even more than a practice squad elevation costs you. It's because you save the full amount. You save the 41,000, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, You know, it it is an option if they have to get, you know, if they get Mm -hmm. like last year where they're, you know, counting pennies, but, um, but I don't, again, I don't think we're, well, I know we're not there right now, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, this is a a concern show. And I think that I have concerns about the amount of cap and the lack of levers that the Ravens have to pull. You know, we're not where we were last year, but we are not 
you know, flush with cash either that we can do whatever we want and spend whatever we want because, you know, you know, you'll see a lot of teams that have a similar cap number now and you'll be like, well, you know, everyone's like this. A lot of teams are even negative on over the cap. You know, we're, we have the 12th most cap space on over the cap right now. But the problem is, is that we don't have those levers to pull. You know, we don't have the, the, the things to, to count easily simple restructures to gain huge amounts of, of cap. Okay. So first of all, you've done a fantastic job explaining this. And obviously I share your concern in full, Dan, but is there anywhere that there is a breakdown of what you have done for the Ravens that, 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 that basically buckets those available dollars into here are the simple restructure dollars. Uh, Here are amounts that could be saved on a new contract. And this is where it gets a little, get a little complicated because the new contract could be end of a term. It could be void years. It could be this or that, you know, amount that could be done with a, uh, an extension. Uh, you know, is, is there anywhere where that's totaled up for all teams in those buckets, the way you've done it all nicely for the Ravens? Uh, I don't know that there's one totaled up. Um, that might be something I could do and throw out on Twitter. Actually, that might be interesting. Um, uh, but they do have it on, on over the cap, and mm-hmm. they have it by player and and sortable by teams. So if you look at the the um, the, the transactions, is what what it's called. Mm-hmm. It shows you for every move that you can make, whether it's a trade, a, a cut, or an extension, what what the savings are for for each player um, for the team, and you can look at it by team. So uh, you know, so over the cap over the cap is a fantastic resource resource so you know definitely check that out uh you know they're my go-to site for all things you know um cap related so um you know go out there and check it out and and that's where you can find all the transaction numbers and and the kind of the impact to the cap by uh, making one of these moves and you can look by team so so that's definitely a, a useful place to look all right. Outstanding stuff, Dan. I'm, I'm just I'm looking forward to maybe a, a, another show. Maybe it's a by the numbers show. Maybe it's just a show we do off schedule during the regular season sometime to look at cap space by team in the AFC North, because I'd really like to see how the other teams here. I know the Browns have a ton of cap left. So, you know, that's yeah. a that's a worry to start with. They're uh, an interesting know. team for cap wise. Yeah. They have uh, <laughs> they have a lot of moving pieces there. They have a ton yeah. now, but. They, it gets ugly real fast when you look in the future. So, um, you know, they, they pushed a lot of money into the future. They're one of those teams that, are, are, like I mentioned before, they'll, they'll just push as much as much as they can later on and deal with it later. So, um, but yeah, it's, it, it is interesting for, for sure across the, the AFC North, uh, even just the four teams, how differently they handle the caps and the different cap situations. So, mm-hmm. So one of the things that I found very interesting, and this was uh, Mark Verderam, but Matt Verderam, sorry, brought this up in, on the pod, was that uh, he thinks that Burroughs agent, if they're asked for a restructure, sorry, a renegotiation uh, after year three, which is, you know, a, a good time to do it with a quarterback, although you, he's a first round pick, you could extend him to five, keep him for seven with tags. Uh, you know, the, with Mahomes, they, they renegotiated the thing after, after three, and I think they end up getting a bargain price. With Burrow. Um, he thought the amount that he would ask for would be something like fifty-five million per year for five years, fully guaranteed. Would be what he'd ask for after his after his third season. 
And the point he made that was really interesting is that the Bengals are a different type of ownership, that as family ownership that's probably running their team as a business to start with doesn't have a big outside, they don't own, own shipping companies and personnel businesses and you know a truck stop shower system like the Haslam family does uh you know they they uh uh are doing you, you know they, the the football is their business mm-hmm. they can't afford to put up the escrow dollars on a contract like that necessarily or if they did it would cost them some interest to do it so maybe a period of high interest rates would benefit the ravens in terms of of making it more difficult for the bengals to sign joe burrow uh, I, and I have heard the, the notion that the Ravens might not be in the same position to, to make that kind of a signing. All indications are that Bishotti is richer than Haslam. So that really ought not be a problem. But, you know, he could at least borrow the money, you would think. Yeah. You know, it, it's it is a it, it's a crazy concept, the whole escrow. And what, what the mm-hmm. idea behind that is any fully guaranteed money you have to put into escrow. Uh, basically, you have to put into an account now in order mm-hmm. to uh, to reserve that money, regardless of when the fully co- fully uh, guaranteed money is kind of paid. There's some timing around it, but it more or less has to go in now. Um, so that's kind of a big hurdle for when we when you're talking about those huge amounts of money. I think it extends beyond um, just the Bengals. I think uh, the Chargers are in a similar situation. I don't believe the Spanos are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on the upper end of of the the wealth spectrum for owners, so um, you know they can't even afford a, their own stadium. So, um, but though uh, whatever, but um, uh, you know, so I I think that does play into it. Um, I don't know how the whole, whole fully guaranteed thing is going to work out with all the young quarterbacks. I think it's going to be extremely interesting to see how it works out with Lamar and with the with, with the two young. Uh, guys coming up um you know uh, <laughs> i think that's a hard one to jump the average that high to 55 and fully guaranteed i mm-hmm. i don't know that that's going to happen uh you know so uh, so it, i think it'll be really interesting and i also think that we get into the level that these quarterbacks get into the level of percentages of caps that you have to really start discussing whether it's a, a good decision to spend that much on one player, so or or maybe you 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 say, hey, look, this is seventeen percent of the cap, and even when we project forward, it's sixteen, fifteen, fourteen as the cap grows. We'll tell you what, we'll give you seventeen, sixteen, fifteen, fourteen, thirteen of the cap. We can't guarantee we can't guarantee what those dollars will be, but you win and lose with the league that way. Mm-hmm. If the league's revenues jump a bunch and there's a bunch of new deals, you win. If we have another COVID. You're going to end up losing on the deal, but we we can't risk the franchise by signing you to a guaranteed money deal that is not a cap tied deal. Yeah, I think that the concept of that is is going to be an interesting one to kind of completely re you know realign how it's done versus the simple dollar amounts that are kind of fun to compare and look, I'm now making more than anyone else, so. Uh, I think that'll be a hurdle to get over with the players. So, uh, but yeah, you, you never know whether that'll happen. So, it, 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 if what it effectively does is make the um, players, not that they aren't now in terms of the total cap that's generated for the league, but it, it essentially gives them shares in the NFL. 
Right. If the NFL is doing well, you're going to make a ton more bonus. If if the you know bonus, it's not bonus, it's it's your base salary, but you're going to make a ton more. Mm-hmm. I guess it would also create some complication in terms of when you get rid of that guy. So it really only would apply to a fully guaranteed contract in terms of guaranteeing it relative to the thing. And then you would have questions of escrow that would come up and when that money has to go up. That's uh, a good point. Yeah. You know, how much you would have to save if it doesn't have a dollar amount yeah. associated. So yeah. So you have you know, a margin call on the on the owners. <laughs> this is just a funny concept on somebody who's uh, yep. not kept up with his payments. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think the cap isn't is a you know, it, it's very complicated, and you know, I think it will get complicated for the Ravens this year. I think it will get complicated for a lot of teams this year. Um, and I think, you know, looking at the AFC North is is definitely an interesting picture because they're kind of very different, um, you know, very different teams and very different structures on how they did things. So, uh, you know, that would definitely be an interesting show for sure. All right. Outstanding, Dan. Just fantastic information as always. I love talking football with you, and and uh, you know, I think our our, uh, our backgrounds make it easy to like ponder some some very interesting cases when we talk salary cap. Uh, appreciate you doing it with us. Yep. Tell folks where they can find your work. Yeah, um, you can follow me over on on Twitter. It's a uh, D P R E E S, and then the number eight. Uh, you know, I've got a bunch of these cap charts coming out, uh, you know, as moves come out and things like that. And as we get some clarification on, on some of the things, uh, I'll be throwing out some more, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of charts about the rosters. Uh, maybe I'll see if I can get one out about the total transactions. I, I'll have to see what uh, what data I can kind of grab from over the cap. But, um, you know, just throwing out a lot of charts and stats and, and uh, general, um, you know, analytics types things. Um on the Ravens and also the rest of the NFL out on Twitter. So, uh, you know, reach out to me there, you know, happy to, happy to talk anything Ravens or NFL. So. All right. Make sure you follow Dan at DP race, DP Reese eight on Twitter. Definitely want to follow him. If you're, if you're following me for sure. Uh, and Dan and I will be doing the, by the number show this year after each week, uh, we record that typically on either Wednesday or Thursday, but it typically comes out on Thursday morning. Let me make sure I have that correct. No, Friday morning it comes out. We recorded on Thursday night, uh, and looking forward to that again. That was a lot of fun these last couple of years. There are, there are sample episodes out there if you have an interest in this thing and maybe haven't heard it from last year that that give you an idea of what we delve into. But Dan, in particular, goes to a lot of the uh, expected points kind of metrics to look at those that you that are that are non-standard, uh, atypical things you wouldn't hear in general on Twitter and other places. But uh, really appreciate doing that show with you, Dan. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Looking forward to it again this year. Yeah, me too. Other folks out there, if, you, if you'd if you like to be on a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open. I'll get back to you very quickly. Nice narrow topic that we can discuss in about 25, 30 minutes. Uh, Dan, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.